Consider this, 100% of owners will leave their business one day, but few are prepared. Are you? Don't worry, you're in the right place with this podcast, Succession Stories. Host Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guides you from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. Lori is a business transition and M&A advisor, specializing in growth, acquisitions, and selling owner-led companies. She's also the author of the Business Transition Handbook. Get your copy and learn how to avoid succession pitfalls and create valuable exit options. Sign up for a business transition newsletter at successionstories.com. Show us the love by subscribing to the show and posting a review. We appreciate you. Now, here's this week's Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. When is the right time to transition your business? Bill Spohn, president and owner of True Tech Tools, plans to retire in three years. True Tech Tools is an award-winning e-commerce reseller of tools and test instruments for HVAC and building performance professionals. Over the past 14 years, the company has grown to a $25 million revenue business with 25 employees. Bill is a self-proclaimed technical nerd who geeks out on HVAC, diagnostic tools, indoor air quality, and net zero high performance homes. His podcast, Building HVAC Science, is a great show to check out if you're in the HVAC space or generally curious about how to improve energy efficiency and consumption. I share this bit of Bill's portfolio with you because it's part of his transition story. He's creating a portfolio of business opportunities and ways to pursue his career passions outside of his core business. I guarantee you that in three years, Bill will be excited to jump to the next phase of his career. How is Bill approaching his transition? He's working on making the company less dependent on him by adding capable leaders and documenting workflows. He's keeping a notebook of ideas, learning from shows like this one, and diving into books, including the Business Transition Handbook. By the way, there's a link in the show notes if you want to get your copy. Enjoy this Succession Stories episode about what you will do after you leave the business with Bill Spohn. Bill Spohn, welcome to Succession Stories. This is going to be a great episode. I'm so glad you're here and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Thank you, Lori. Pleasure to be here and thanks for inviting me. You're a podcaster also, yeah. and you have a wonderful show where just your voice is so welcoming. And I love in your bio on LinkedIn that you say, people say about you that you're a nice guy. Right. I think you're going to hear that today on our in our discussion. And, you know, some of the other things that I think are going to come up in conversation today is having a forward look about succession. Most of the time, people that come on the show, we're talking in the rear view. Mm-hmm. And and with you and me, what I appreciate about your openness and, and willingness to come on the show and talk about how you're thinking about your next chapter. But I thought to start, let's talk about the here and now. You're an entrepreneur. You've built a successful business. Tell me your story. Sure. At a young age, I wanted to be involved with science and education, teaching. I wanted to be an editor of Popular Science magazine. That was way back when I was like 15, 16 years old. And I think I've achieved that point now, just kind of fast forwarding. 
because together with a, a father and son who helped found the business, we, we started it based upon helping HVAC technicians understand how to, how to do processes correctly and also building performance technicians. So along the way, I didn't know I'd be in that field, but I got training degrees as a mechanical engineer. I worked for some large companies like Kodak and Fisher Scientific, then from some smaller companies like Bacharach and Testo. And that's where I got my introduction into the world of HVAC. And as an engineer, I got to work on some projects, designing some things. And I had a good way of explaining things. And the, the sales and marketing people liked to hear me explain things. So they kept inviting me to the sales meetings to give presentations. So I eventually became engineering manager and then director of strategic planning for a company and then just started building a network. And I, I call myself a chronic volunteer because I join <laughs> a lot of committees, standards committees, just ad hoc things that come up and just have always felt the benefit of receiving in multiples from what I give. That's wonderful. You give good knowledge to the world and it comes back to you. Yeah. You're technical, right? We can understand that from your description, mm -hmm. but you put things in a way people can understand and that's really important. So I'm not surprised that the salespeople keep <laughs> kept coming back to you because <laughs> that's not an easy thing to do. What uh, made you decide to launch your company, True Tech? I always wanted to own my own business. I think from that same time as a teenager, but just didn't quite understand it. The resources like you have today weren't available, but I just kept sort of like watching, watching the landscape in front of me. And then uh, my wife and I decided when I'd, I'd actually helped True Tech Tools start as an advisor for the first year and a half. And then after it started to rapidly grow, it was like, yeah, these ideas are working now. So I, I bought into the company and then eventually bought out the other owners with, with a business partner of mine. So I now own almost 90% of the company. Wow, that's amazing. And how long have you been the primary shareholder? Since 2014. Okay, pretty significant amount of time. Yeah. And tell us about the business. Sure. So it's called True Tech Tools, true without the E, because I like the way true tech and tools stack on each other, like three, four, five, a Pythag Pythagorean triangle. That's just the nerd in me coming out, uh, which <laughs> will probably come out more during this episode too. So the company was founded based upon correct processes as well as the correct tools. And we actually, um, Jim Bergman and I and his dad worked together for about five years and had understood there was a, a niche that was not being covered. We actually worked for a company that designed and engineered these tools. And it was really hard to sell them through traditional bricks and mortar distribution because in this field, the bricks and mortar maybe sells one to 5% of their overall volume are these products. So it was sort of like the, the leftovers. So we built a national business of leftovers. Which that is amazing. The niches are hungry. in the reaches are in the niches is what the saying is. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, started it out first year, the partial year, about eight months, the sales were 70,000. Second year, 750,000. Third year, 2.4 million. And it's just continued to go up from that. And today, how big is the company? We uh, finished last year at 25.1 million. That's very exciting. Yeah. So this is an e-commerce business. It's a yes. reseller. And you right. have a catalog of, of tools that are right. niche tools. And you're selling to the HVAC industry. 
so you're you're a builder, right? You've built this business. Yeah. And, yeah, the, uh, the and, you, and you have a lot of yeah. fun doing it. Yeah. But can you share your age or your stage of sure. life and, and kind of what you're thinking about and what brought us together? Sure. So I turned 64 this summer, just in a couple months. And it, at this stage, I'm, I'm looking to retire. And I've stated that to friends and, and uh, colleagues in the business, uh, just so it can be more, because I've read horror stories about it, it being, you know, abrupt for whatever reason. So I'm putting my thoughts out there into the world of what I'd like to see happen. And that would include retiring May of 2026. So I started a little notebook of uh, things that I'd like to see accomplished with the business in the interceding three years and put in plan a, a place. It's not on paper yet, but that's the next thing. This summer, I think I'll finish the summer with a plan in, um, in paper with my co-owner taking over the reins. And then I have a son who's in the business too on our leadership team. And after my co-owner is ready to retire, my son would then take over. I know a good book that can help you. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about this, yeah. This episode is sponsored by the best-selling book, The Business Transition Handbook, How to Avoid Succession Pitfalls and Create Valuable Exit Options. Business owners will learn how to navigate the emotional and practical nature of the transition process to avoid exit regrets. It's crucial to start planning when time is on your side so you don't leave money or your happiness on the table. Reading this book, you'll have Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guiding you along the way. To download a free copy, head to thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com that's the business transition handbook.com today. Well, we were we were talking yesterday and I know you have picked up a copy of my book. Yep. But all jokes aside, I mean that is the intention of the book is to help business owners who are thinking through their transition proactively. And that's why I wanted to talk about this with you and and of course you know give you give you props for doing the hard work of the hard work one of my clients said you know it's it's harder to plan my exit than it is to build my company mm. and and like you he's owned it for you know decades and i appreciated that he said that i think that's a very honest thing to say i just wanted to ask you a couple of questions you've shared with your stakeholders, your family, your friends, your network at work, of course, your intention to retire in three years. What did it feel like leading up to that moment to actually communicate it? And then what did it feel like once it was out there for you? It, it felt scary to communicate it. It was just like, do I really want to say this? Do I have to commit commit to it? But reading like things that, that you talk about in your podcast and, and you write, every business owner has to exit the business. <laughs> it's just the way of the world. So why not do it in like a, a at, at least lay out a plan with some contingencies? Then that was actually settling. And I, I found as I as I get older that it's just easier to you know politely convey the truth about what's on your mind, and that usually gets to if there is a, a tough part about it either tough emotionally or or tough with people understanding it you get to that sooner rather than later and rely upon what you've built and the strength of the relationship that a few statements here or there are not going to sever the cords of a relationship that's right what did it feel like once you put it out in the world did you feel 
a relief. Yeah, I I, I did. And, yeah. and now it's it's actually kind of fun. My my team members have noticed like the last uh, all hands meeting we have, state of the company meeting, the leadership team said, you didn't do a lot of talking. I'm like, nope, <laughs> not supposed to, just supposed to watch and observe. You know, I will do some, but it's uh, it's really the team that's going to lead this company forward. And I want to see, take the training wheels off and 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 have you you do it your way. So let's talk about this little notebook that you've got. Mm-hmm. In in the notebook, how are you thinking about the challenges and opportunities of your transition? Well, I actually have two sections in it. One is what I think the company needs, and then another section of what I think I need. And again, it, this is kind of like following the script that you and others put out there, but I've watched other people become really successful at business by making their own blend of patterns of research and learning. And it's just like, you can literally check the boxes uh, as you run through these things. So some of the things in the the business side, the business ready is, is to take a step back and to look at how things are running. Do we have a good leadership team? Do we have good processes? Something as an engineer that's always been near and dear to my heart. And in the process of looking at that, even a couple of years ago, well, actually it goes back to 2017 when I first read the book Traction by Gina Wickman, and then did that little survey in the in the front of the book where you they ask, I don't know, 25, 30 questions, and then you grade yourself and then looked at the score and go, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> There's work to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then actually stole a couple of ideas from the book without saying where they were from and started implementing it, them at the company. And then when I get, when we got around to like the summer of 21, the spring of 21, 22, I said, I want to try this thing out. And then I went around to every, everyone, on the leadership team and, and talked to them individually, asked them to read a few things, look at things with me. And they, they indicated Wait, wait, this isn't much different than what we're doing right now. I'm like, oh, great. The hack worked. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, you planted the seed and it yep, worked. Made an on-ramp. And then we engaged with a consultant, uh, an implementer who's helped, who is still helping us. We're almost one year into it now, but I think it's been embraced. And it's it's checking the boxes that I wanted to see where we understand how our business runs and have a lot of tools at our disposal to make it run better. That's great. Yeah. Step one is making sure that your business can thrive without you. Right. Right. Because otherwise you wouldn't be able to step out and do these other things. So enabling your management team, enabling the organization to have systems and processes, that's really important. And let's just say, if you were thinking about the value of the business Mm -hmm. and what would make it more or less valuable to a buyer, This is one of those things. I just had a call yesterday with a woman who owns a business about a million in revenue. So not a huge company. The company is somewhat reliant on her. But we talked about that, that what is the number one thing a buyer is going to look for? Can the business thrive without its owner? And then, of course, there's all kinds of detail underneath that. But step one, and that's what you're focused on, which is really smart. And it's I'm glad to hear that EOS is helping. I've heard that from, uh, we've had EOS implementers on my show, a number mm-hmm. of them. And I'm very familiar with EOS and it can be very effective for companies. And I, I don't have any data, but if anyone has a study out there, reach out to me because I am interested to know if there is a data connection between companies that are EOS and their valuations. I think inherently, I would guess that there is a correlation because you're going to be a more well-run company. So intuitively, but I don't know if there's any data sets out there. 
Very um, interesting. Yeah. So tell me what else is in that little notebook there. I'm curious. Sure. Part of it was my, my technical background and my, you know, the, the training aspect I bring to the company. And, you know, for a while there was always like, initially when, when Jim was with the company, the questions would come back to Jim and Jim and Bill, and then Jim, Jim exited the company. And then the questions would come to Bill and it's like, who's going to fill my role. So I was in the process of attending a, a conference on traveling on the way there. And it just struck me, I need to find the technical nerds side of bill needs to be replaced too at the company. Cause that is uh, one of the poles of success that we have. So I thought of a couple of people contacted them and we started working with one guy um, last summer and actually tomorrow is his first day full-time. So he had, he actually had some con, he was a consultant. He was ramping down some contracts. So tomorrow is his first full day. Um, I'll say his name, Eric Kaiser. He's, uh, if you go to his LinkedIn profile, he is, uh, I think he says the nerd of HVAC, you know, everything about that. So he is, you know, exactly what we needed. Uh, also someone younger than me, um, so that he could, you know, continue on with the company and he's super excited. We're super excited. We've been doing projects together and now it'll be full-time starting tomorrow. So that was one big check mark we needed. Um, we also needed someone, uh, a real solid person with experience in operations, uh, and, uh, through, uh, having to, to terminate someone, we did a search and found someone who was just perfect for the role and she's working out fantastic. Um, Sue Birch and she's just, uh, you know, just tearing it up and, and she's only been with us since, uh, since the first part of February, the last part of January, uh, and just getting a lot of things, you know, ticked off the list. She under, she thinks the way we do and loves the EOS system had never had experience with it. Um, but was, was familiar with the concepts to sort of, you know, good, solid, I consider EOS like it's it's like a like an encyclopedia of uh, business concepts that that's been rolled together. Someone else has done the research and put together a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you open the box and take out what you need. That, yeah. for sure, it's a great yeah. toolbox. And what's interesting here, I just want to point out. So you said I'm going to retire in three years. You're not waiting to month, you know, 33 out of 36 mm. to hire these people. You're saying right. what? role do I occupy today? How do I think about my roles and how might I disperse that and hire in some talent and then have the time to work with them while you're still very active in the business? So I just want to underscore that in case anyone's sure. missing that point <laughs> that yeah. you're not waiting to the last minute to hire these people. Yeah. And, and sort of le learn from, learn about them, learn from them and they learn from, from me uh, how things should be run, how we think things should be run and, and, and maybe play with new ideas in that interim period uh, and then feel comfortable so that, you know, upon exit, it's not like, oh, what's that? So having a business that's not so dependent on its owners is, is the is the main theme here and putting some good processes in place. There's some ebook resources that I have, one of which I'll, I'll put in the show notes about mm -hmm creating SOPs or standardized operating procedures. If anyone wants that resource, that could be helpful for you. Feel free to grab it there. I was going to say another couple more things is my co-owner, Eric Preston, uh, having, you know, he's, he's been with me since 
just right after I became full-time with the company in, in 09, uh, he joined in that summer and he's just been very loyal, very faithful, uh, understanding things, adapting things, becoming a real, uh, you know, an engine of, uh, moving the business forward and he'll be the one taking over, uh, is, is our intention. Um, you know, when I retire so that, you know, he's, and he's got to be comfortable with sort of like the, his strong, strong points and the points where he needs help. So that's, what I'm trying to be sensitive to that too, to build something. So like, th that's part of the, the technical nerd we had to hire because Eric had me, we need somebody for Eric, whose name is also Eric. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just so it's not confusing. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about you because mm -hmm. so many owners, I think, are hesitant to really dive into their next, right? They like what they do or they're just so tied to it. It's their daily habit and they can't see themselves separating from it or they won't admit to seeing themselves separate. They won't let themselves go there. Mm -hmm. But for you, you're creating a vision and already taking action on what you will do after you leave. Yep. And I was wondering if you would share some of that with us. Sure. So one thing I've done is technical consulting actually since 2006. Um, so I've, I've done some of that, uh, and also some of it's uh, technical consulting, expert witness work. Some of it is, uh, training, doing contract training, that kind of thing. So that's sort of already been in my pocket for a while. Uh, I don't really advertise it. So it's just more of what, what I want to do with it. Um, some of the other things I actually, uh, got invited to join a fiduciary board, uh, for one of our vendors. Uh, and actually the interview, first interview Slater today. <laughs> well, good uh, luck with that. <laughs> thanks, thanks. But they're looking to change from uh, mainly like friends and family on the board to outsiders. So yeah. they're going through sort of a step change and I'm the first one of the the step change uh, for them. That's exciting. Yeah, so that's It's that's a startup board for a non-startup yeah. company. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and speaking of startups, uh, in the last year, I uh, just through my network, um, a startup company found me, uh, a software company that's uh, looking to build a product. Uh, it's called, uh, the product's called Duckling. The website's getduckling.com. Uh, and what we're building now, along with design partners, is a, a backend, a software as a service for contractors to help homeowners electrify um electrify their homes we see there's a, there's a big um there's, there's a lot of work a lot of work to do to coordinate these various aspects uh and it appears like the hvac contractor is the best one situated to do that for homeowners because they already do much of this work uh, so we're building a system where they can educate their customers uh, coordinate projects uh, deliver proposals uh, sort of like do the kitchen table close uh, very rapidly, very, uh, you know, very securely with all the aspects of electrification from solar to heat pumps, to EV chargers, to heat pump, water heaters, uh, just everything you can think of. Um, and that, that's pretty exciting because it's, it, that's got me really engaged because it's a new way of thinking um, to work with people who are from the tech world, who've worked at Uber and LinkedIn and Facebook uh, and just so the, some of the jargon, um, real, really becoming a student of that. So that's got my my juices flowing there. And I, I, I'm doing it now uh, as a part-time advisor, but would look to continue with them or, or do it again with someone else uh, because it's so interesting to me. 
I like the portfolio approach. That's what I call it. Mm. Where it's not just one thing. Yeah. You have uh, several things. They do tie together nicely because they're leveraging your skill set. They're leveraging your what you're passionate about. And you used the word earlier, Bill. You said the word on ramp. Yeah. And this is not taking over your full time. Your full time is still at True Tech Tools. Right. But it is giving you a mechanism to grow. And you're going to be excited, right? When that time comes, mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be emotional. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But by the time three years rolls around, everybody in your organization is probably like, hey, Bill, we got it. Bye. Right. Right. Uh, we love you, but OK, we got it. And you, likewise, will probably feel the same. You guys got it. I'm good. I'm on my way. And that's awesome. That's what we, we find in our data and our resources is that the more what we call pull factors, the more pull mm -hmm. factors you've created, pulling you to your next thing. The happier you will be, the happier your your network of stakeholders will be to support you and the outcomes will be better. And I'm so excited for you. There's also on the personal side with your mm -hmm. house, yeah. you probably should mention this very cool thing with net zero. I want to say it the right way. It's yeah. net, net zero, zero impact. Uh, you're a net zero enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, when, when Marilyn, my wife and I decided uh we had to figure out what we're going to do in retirement. We actually started thinking about this uh, back in 2014. So we we sold a big house where we raised our kids, moved to a smaller house, uh, and then began the planning process of like where geographically and then what and when. And we had set a timeline of about five years, and it was about six years that we had solidified uh, that we, we bought a piece of property um, uh, near, near one of the, the county parks in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, near Hartwood Acres, um, bought three acres and decided to build a high performance home, uh, originally something called a passive house. Um, but that concept was a little too extreme for our budget. Um, so we we backed it up and made with, with a lot of people, it's actually a book called A Pretty Good House, uh, written by some friends of mine from Maine. And I have a couple of photos in there, in that book and some other books, because we're doing some unique things. So the house was actually built in a factory, so it's modular construction uh, in um, Strattonville, PA, just a little bit north of here near Clarion. And we found a builder who understood what we wanted, uh, built-in features that we like, and our goal was to make it uh, use solar on the property to provide all the energy needs of the house. So there's no, we didn't even run a gas line up. Um, because of the area we had to put in a well and septic just because of the geography around here as you you know from being around pittsburgh you hear about that a lot um and it all came together um so we're living in it now it's it'll be uh two and a half years uh and i've tracked the energy consumption so everything in the house runs off electricity uh the stove induction cooktop a heat pump clothes dryer heat pump water heater uh all these things a heat pump just really quick technology minute here uh, moves energy it doesn't actually transform energy like a fossil fuel you actually have to combust to create thermal energy a heat pump can move both heat uh, move heat energy from one place to another if you think of your air conditioner that's actually a heat pump if you could throw it into reverse gear instead of cooling you can also make it heat so that's what we have and we've used our heat pump down to minus nine degrees fahrenheit in the recent winter um, and you know, had uh, it, it was chilly for a couple of days, um, but it's worked out well for us. So that that's another thing I'm I'm enthusiastic about. It sort of it, it melds my worlds of building performance and HVAC, and now uh, with a project that I'm working on, worked on myself. So I've 
Uh, I'm teaming up with our local solar installer, Infinity, and I'm doing public presentations uh, on the concept of solar and home performance. I also did one uh, for a recent congregation on Earth Day uh, and just you know shared my knowledge. And that's sort of like, that's another pull factor is I, I want to take what I know and and go back to that high school kid who wanted to be the popular science magazine editor and teach people what I know in an approachable style and a a trustworthy style. Also, I have like no financial interest in it. It's just what I think is good stuff. Yeah, I love that. And there's Bill Nye, the science guy, right? Yeah. Bill Spohn, uh, <laughs> home performance guy. Perform home performance. Yeah, it's like a whole new category. Yeah. You've been on the news a few times and and media spotlights on, on the work you're doing, which is really incredible. I love how you're tying it all together. If you are going to now give some thoughts and advice to our audience, mm -hmm. people listening who might be in your shoes, thinking about their future. What words of wisdom do you want to leave for them? What are one, two, or three things you want to give as, as words of advice? Um, relax. <laughs> Find some quiet time, however you do that, uh, where, you, where you can kind of get into your own head and think about things. Um, think, you know, like, like a lot of things, just think horizontally and vertically about where you've come from, where, where you've been, what, what's excited and interests you. Uh, and start, start to make your own notebook um, and, and reflect on it and see what you want to do. It, it's like, I, I don't know, things have accumulated to the point where I can say, yeah, I think I've got most of it together. But a couple of years ago, I didn't. I didn't really know what was going on. So you have to start. It's, you know, step one is always important. Yeah, get started. To to ask the question a little more specifically, when should owners start transition planning? They always say, you know, yesterday is the best day. <laughs> I, I, I would say, you know, around five years out, you, you got to start experimenting with the thoughts um, and start to talk about it openly with other people. Um, I, I found like, you know, Giving a presentation helps me learn the subject matter. So if the subject matter is me, I'm going to give a little presentation on me and my business and then reflect on the questions I get, the reactions I get, and just sort of the, you know, what bubbles forth in your mind uh, when you have to explain it to someone. It, it comes out a little different every time and, and take note of that. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing your journey and where you're headed and maybe we'll have you come back on sure certainly in three years but sure. even before that to talk about your progress and i want to give people a way to get in touch with you if you want to share some of your digits or emails or what's a great way to get in touch sure so uh bill at truetechtools.com t-r-u-t-e-c-h-t-o-o-l-s.com uh, I also, if you want to follow some of the things we talked about on the my house project at sponehome.com, S-P-O-H-N-H-O-M-E.com. Um, there's also a, a private Facebook group. If you want to join it, I take uh, polite members to my group. I think it's up around 700 people now. Uh, I post just little things that entertain me uh, about the house and energy savings, energy consumption, things with the sun um solar energy and stuff um those are some of the best ways and then true tech tools my business we sell mostly to contractors we do have a few products for homeowners um mainly low level carbon monoxide alarms uh which are hard to find uh, or actually almost impossible to find 
but they give an early warning. Um, that's where I do my expert witness work is carbon monoxide uh, generation. And the podcast in case people oh, want to sure. check out your show. Sure. It's called Building HVAC Science. At the uh, the play on words there is the HVAC is in the middle of the building and the, and the building impacts the building science. I also do one for an industry group group called ResNet, which is the Residential Energy Services Network, and that's called ResTalk, R-E-S-T-A-L-K. Um, so I'm when I started doing my own, I interviewed the director um, of the, of the of of ResNet. And they wanted to form, they wanted to do their own podcast and then just turned it over to me. So I'm a contractor to them. Um, that's another thing I'll probably, I will continue to do, um, you know, post-retirement, the podcast thing. It's an outlet for me, fulfilling. Oh, absolutely. You're creative. And even though you're a techie nerd guy, you're very yeah. creative and you like to put good things in the world. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us. And I expect to see multiple notebooks from you over the oh, next wow. couple of years. <laughs> Maybe a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for coming. Thank you very much, Laurie. And listeners, thank you so much for your support. Catch Succession Stories on your favorite podcast player and on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the show. If you want to maximize the value of your business and plan for future transition, Connect with me at meetlauriebarkman.com. Join me next time for more insights from transition to transaction. Until then, here's to your success. I hope that today's episode resonated with you. What actions will you take as a result? If you want to grow, sell, or transition your business, our strategic transition planning process provides clarity and objectivity on the big questions that may be weighing on your mind. Make an intention and take the next step. Set up a complimentary consultation with me to discuss your goals at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. That's thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com.